If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hey, welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Happy New Year! You know, lots to be covering in 2017, an exciting year for us here on the show, because we've been predicting many times that 2017 was going to be one of the most interesting years in healthcare and in insurance and um, in our own political affairs as we saw Congress coming back to work for their new session with uh, many new members as a result of the election. And we'll have plenty of coverage on that here today. We're going to talk about some of the things that had already happened. It was already a busy week, and I think next week is set up to be even bigger as nomination hearings begin. And then the following week, uh, we're going to have a thing called an inauguration that's going to certainly shake things up a little bit as well. Next week, we'll be talking in depth about what a Trump administration looks like for health care. But this week, we want to take a look at what a congr- new Congress and what legislative changes might be coming as a result of this election and what that means for the future of health care. I know a lot of people are wanting to know all about it. And we uh, already had a repeal vote this week. And so we brought in Alan Hager to the program. Alan is a regular contributor, oftentimes guest co-host here on America's Healthcare Challenge. Alan also worked in the House of Representatives and has extensive knowledge in health information technology. And he'll be sharing also later in the show some of uh, his findings with regards to uh, ACA signups and then and the numbers. What do those look like? But uh, pleased to have Alan here. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Well, man, busy week, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, starting on Tuesday, it uh, was uh, 20, you know, 72 hours, 96 hours of chaos up in Washington. So really interesting week. What um what were some of the things that caught your attention? I think uh, one of the <coughs> early uh, things that uh, happened this week that caught my attention, Politico reporting that the GOP aired some Obamacare divisions when uh, Vice President-elect Mike Pence went up there. Seems like they're having a little bit uh, of a difficult time trying to, to come to terms on to how the process would work as far as their campaign promise to repeal Obamacare. Right, and I... I, I kind of predicted this would happen that here before Trump took office you would see you know 10 or 15 or 20 different ideas out there and they're going to have to work through the process and narrow it down and and you see uh, those divisions and I I even said to you last night that uh, you know there will be divisions and there will be different ideas come not only in the house but in the senate as well and so uh, it will definitely be interesting, especially this week, because it looks like, uh, for the most part, the House is going to be in session five days a week, uh, minus the week of the inauguration. Uh, you're going to be they're going to be in session five days a week. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, it definitely is going to uh, be a different style of house uh, this go around. Operations certainly will. Yes. One of the things that um, might have surprised some people, might have not surprised others, Rand Paul uh, taking to the Senate floor, uh, almost condemning his own party for uh, their budget that they, they put up. He uh, It was interesting because they want to repeal the ACA as part of their budget, but uh, there's so many taxes in the law, and I don't think people realize how many taxes there are in the ACA. It, it, it presents many difficult um, financial decisions that are going to have to be made, and it could put Republicans in a difficult position of having to vote to raise taxes in order to repeal the ACA, and I don't know if they want to do that. Right, and, you know, the interesting thing that Rand Paul even said was, you know, uh, not only should we repeal it, but we have to put a replacement in immediately so we can fix the problems. So as it unwinds, we have a replacement for what currently exists. He even said, went on to say, we should let you buy as a part of an association where you can join together with tens of thousands, if not millions of people to have leverage to lower your price and also to be protected against pre-existing conditions. Right. So he is a physician also. Yes. Uh, my dad and, um, uh, so, so uh, you know, when we've got the slim margins that they do have in the U.S. Senate, they're going to be trying to use this process called budget, budget reconciliation, which will be uh, providing some a little education about that here in the next segment about how that all works and what uh, what options they might have uh, as far as, as doing this. But they're running into some other problems, and that is from the public because the public is starting to come out <coughs> Uh, almost in fa- uh, in favor of not repealing it or, or trying to uh, repl- uh, fix what is wrong with it. Almost 50% uh, are in that camp. Right, and I, I think some of it may be that, uh, you know, is based on political lines. The other part of it is I think people just don't understand all of the ramifications that uh, the Affordable Care Act have uh, created uh, in its uh, in its. Uh, time in existence and the different things that's been mandated through it or have changed. Uh, I can remember when we had $100 deductibles, you know, or $500 deductibles. Now your deductibles are, what, $5,000, $8,000, $10,000, $20,000, you know? And so uh, there needs to be cost containment on the uh, consumer side. And uh, those are things that uh, I think, we will see happen here in relative short order. I sure hope so. But it, part of it's going to have to just be the marketplace um, um, doing this. And one of the things that people are saying that uh, would happen if should a total repeal happen is quote unquote chaos in the insurance and in, in marketplace. Um, it probably is possible, but they are also failing to see the certain chaos that's existing right now. That That's exactly right. And I would agree that it, We've had chaos in the marketplace. You know, from year to year, we see uh, insurance companies withdrawing out of the exchange marketplace and and not coming back in. We do not see new entrants into the marketplace. Uh, And so uh, would chaos ensue? More than likely, yes. But what would that chaos look like given that there, you know, even President Trump has come out and said he doesn't want to, strip people of their insurance that they currently have. And if you have pre-existing conditions, you wouldn't necessarily want to take that, the, that insurance away from that person. 
Do you want my prediction or should we, now or should we wait till the end of the show? We're going to wait till the end of the show, but I'm going to give you my prediction on what I think is going to going to happen uh, with all with all of this, and and uh, we'll have to make sure that it's on record because see if it turns out to be right. But final headline that the caught mine was in Business Insider: Trump delivers warning to GOP on Obamacare repeal and keep. Uh, repeal, and he said to quote, "Keep the heat on Democratic clowns," uh, <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of funny in, in right. its own respect. Yeah, but uh, he is certainly uh, wanting to make sure that that his party does not um, get caught in uh, in blaming in in the blame for for whatever happens. And uh, I wish both sides would actually just be adults in the room and come together and try and find something uh something common but i just think that we're probably just a little bit too far beyond that politically and that's unfortunate right and i would agree with the uh thought there that that we're too far politically um because you know honestly there's another way that the republicans or even the trump administration could rewrite obamacare not necessarily with gop or democratic approval right and we're going to touch on that yeah when we come back we're going to take a look at um, some of the, I guess we're going to get a little wonky, but uh, it's important for you to understand uh, some of the changes that might immediately happen and what that could have, uh, what type of impact that could have on on, on the industry and uh, what it means for, for hospitals, what it means for physician providers and, uh, and other things. So. Right. So we will uh, be right back after this. By the way, uh, some of the headlines that caught our attention this week are on the Edie Bellis Twitter page. They are the organization that produces and sponsors this program for you, a public service, helping you understand um, what all these changes mean for you and how you can uh, keep yourself informed. So check out at America's Canary on Twitter for some of the headlines this week. And we will be right back with more on what the uh, Beltway is working on right now as it relates to healthcare. Marketplace Nebraska is a full-service resource for anyone who needs help with their individual and business health insurance needs. If you got a tax bill from the IRS for not purchasing health insurance, let us help you. With more than 1,000 people helped into Obamacare so far, we can get you signed up fast and over the phone. Depending on your age and income, policies can be as low as $20 a month. Click MarketplaceNebraska.com to learn more and sign up today. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. 
You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to edbellisinc.com and request a free consultation. At E.D. Bellis, we know health care. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Hey, welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. 402 342 1290. If you'd like to share your thoughts or predictions on what's going to be happening in the next uh, first hundred days of a new administration, always an exciting time. The I don't know where did that history of the first 100 days even even come from? Is that just because there's just some sort of momentum that they uh, they uh, built up? I I wish we could find the clip, and I think we'll have to for the future of the show of uh, President George W. Bush. I earned capital in this campaign, political capital, and I intend to use it. Okay, so this is the wonky part side of me. When you just asked where was it coined, it was coined by FDR in uh, 1933. That's where it started? That's where it started. Did it say why? Or? Uh, he was referring to the first 100 days of the 73rd Congress. And this was uh, actually uh, between March 9th and June 17th. Uh, and uh, he was referring to it as meaning the successes and accomplishments of a president during that time and their power and influence is at their absolute greatest i would say yeah because then on the flip side they become lame ducks uh, towards the end of their terms as well nobody really cares what they have to say right and honestly with trump i don't even know that he want he even cares if he serves a second term so these first hundred days for trump is going to be absolutely make or break the most important part of his presidency whether or not he wants to serve a second term, it's going to be these first 100 days of this first term starting January 20th. So where does health care fall within um, his list of priorities? Oh, I think it's probably at the top. I think if, so, too. If it's probably one or two, you know, or maybe three, depending on if you look at jobs, you look at immigration, and you look at health care. I think those probably are three of his main top issues besides getting the uh, military back in order. Right, right. Well, so he's got a lot on his plate, as they always, as they always do. But um, let's take a moment to uh, le- help the listeners understand a little bit more about uh, the congressional process that any of these changes to a, a health care reform law, like the Affordable Care Act, might look like. Uh, you worked in the House. Can you talk a little bit about some of the actions that the House would have, and then I'll talk about some of the things that the Senate might be doing. Well, so in the House, you know, you have regular order and you have uh the bills get dropped uh you know they can be dropped at any time um there were numbers of bills dropped this week steve king being one of them here uh you know your western iowa uh congressman uh, steve king dropped the bill basically to repeal obamacare without a replacement just get rid of it. Just all get day. rid of it altogether. Who cares what the chaos <laughs> happens with uh, the affordable, care, you know, with with people's health insurance? And so, uh, talk about an absolute disruptor. That would be one. Um, and so there were multiple others. Um, so you you drop them. They go to a committee. They get referred to subcommittees. 
The subcommittee decides whether or not they want to take it up. They uh, go through the process. They send it to the full committee. The full committee looks at it. They put it on the hearing schedule if they want to take it up. Uh, then once it goes out of committee, it goes to the rules committee if the speaker and his leadership decide they want to bring it to the floor. Uh, the rules committee then determines, you know, length of debate, uh, the uh, whether or not amendments can be added or even germane to the legislation. Um, the rules committee actually even determines the length, uh, the length of the vote. And so uh, the rules committee is very important to the process in that regard. Um, and so then the bill goes to the floor. They, they put it on the schedule. They start debating and off we go. Um, and so then uh, it would uh, then, you know, go to the Senate and uh, you can talk about the Senate process because there's a whole lot more that can happen on the Senate side as far as this from reconciliation to uh, multiple other things that, that can happen on the Senate side. A lot of people in the House, members and their staff call the Senate the place where all good things go to die because a lot of things don't move quite near, nearly as fast over there. And it was designed to be that way uh, because of our, our founding, our founders as they designed it, they wanted it to be more... Um, more deliberative and um, one of the the things that's uh, unique about the Senate is they all have somewhat equal power or their seniority certainly makes a difference and as well as their committee assignments but any senator can put a hold on a piece of legislation for a certain amount of time and then there's this thing called the filibuster which a lot of people might have heard of which requires 60 votes unless they go through this process called reconciliation and uh, reconciliation means that um, it does not need to get the 60-vote uh, net supermajority necessary to clear any filibuster from one United States senator. Instead, it needs a, a up or down vote of 51 uh, senators voting in the affirmative. However, there are many problems. Uh, first of all, they have to, to be able to save money. That's the, the only way that it will work. So they have to achieve savings of at least $1 billion uh, of of savings to the federal budget for for it to work and that's where it gets really really sticky because any amendments any changes that, that might be made would have to be done through the budgetary process so that means that they would be more um, uh, more related to taxes more related to, to spending while some other things in the law certain provisions might not be allowed to be touched through a piece of reconciliation so then they might have to pass another new piece of legislation to maybe amend those pieces of legislation. That's kind of how it was passed in the first place. There's actually two laws. Uh, one was the uh, afford a Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, PPACA, and then there was the Health Care and Education Reconciliation Act, which amended the uh, PPACA to, to become the Affordable Care Act. So people that call Obamacare... PPACA are incorrect because that's just one of the two bills. It's the Affordable Care Act is the name for the two pieces of legislation that... As a whole. Yes. All right, and then the Supreme Court's decision to declare, you know, the uh, mandate basically a tax allow this to, allows this to go through reconciliation, correct? That has certain impact as well. Right. 
And then you've got the, the states being able to opt out of the Medicaid expansion. That adds a whole other wrinkle to everything. But here's, here's the, uh, where the rubber meets the road. The law costs an awful lot of money, and the two biggest drivers of cost were Medicaid expansion and subsidies to purchase insurance. The next segment, you've got some numbers on how how the exchanges did. Right. And we'll, we'll look at those, and we'll also look about how uh, we're doing here locally as well. But in order to pay for these costs, think about how expensive these, uh, these health insurance premiums are. And if people get subsidies, that means that the federal government is paying part of those expenses. There's 19 different taxes in the law to pay for these, these subsidies. So right. the taxes are actually probably turning out to, well, they keep delaying some of them, but I think they would probably end up bringing in more than they thought that they would. And the, uh, the laws actually turn it out to cost more than right. they thought it would as well. Well, and let's just say that, you know, we don't get bipartisanship and nothing comes of, of uh, you know, the repeal replace. There is always another way to go about it if you're Republicans now that you're in charge of the administration. Right? And and let's let's remember in the Affordable Care Act itself, and we've talked about this multiple times where Congress abdicated its authority to the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Correct. So almost seventeen hundred times. All right. So in those seventeen hundred times, and we're talking areas not only in part one, but part two. Where technically Tom Price, who's assumed to be the new Secretary of Health and Human Services, could basically rewrite the Affordable Care Act uh, to whatever. <laughs> well, some of the things with the health care, right? In the Medicare, in side. the Medicare side, the Medicaid side, the uh, anywhere where it says the Secretary of Health and Human Services shall have the right to do this. He could rewrite that in theory. Or do nothing. Or do nothing. And so uh, is it the nuclear option? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to have to get through the approval the process, too. Yeah. And so uh, that is no one's talked about that except for you and me about how. About how Okay, if the Republicans don't get anything through the House and Senate, you could always get the regulators and the secretary to actually do some of the work themselves. Pull back on some of the things. Right. So, I mean, that's something to watch, you know, say October, November, December time frame to see what happens late in the year in that instance. I think the key takeaway is that nothing is going to happen overnight at this point. Right. It's going to be an awfully complicated process and <coughs> take an awful long time to well, yeah. change out. Well, it took us 50 years to get here. It's not going to be fixed overnight. Right. So you're exactly right. Lots of congressional committees that will have to go through. Remember how long it took to pass in the first place? Oh, yeah. Two Over two years. Over two years. Over two years to pass it. Now, um, ooh, he's doing his Michael Jackson impression over here. Pretty good moves, actually, there, Alan. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can check out our Facebook page, dot com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. I'll post that video right now uh, if you want to see it. And uh, make sure to check out our Twitter handle as well, 
It's uh, twitter.com slash America's Canary. That is the Edie Bellis Twitter page where uh, you can find uh, headlines from that and learn more about uh, getting our exclusive newsletter where we, uh, we give you our commentary and analysis that can give you the information that you need to help you make the most informed decisions. Uh, we'll be right back here on America's Healthcare Challenge. I do, because we feel the difference now. Yeah. See, now we're feeling what not having hope feels like. You've seen the movie Father of the Bride. When it comes to weddings, there's enough to worry about. Consider the Omaha Press Club as the venue for your baby's big day. With memberships as low as $15 per month, rentals are free for members. And we have an executive chef who will design the perfect menu for you. Click OmahaPressClub.com and our event coordinator and wedding planner will contact you for a zero-obligation consultation. That's OmahaPressClub.com. The Omaha Press Club, where you belong. Hiring employees, complying with regulatory changes, and so on makes it hard to focus on running your business. Let Simplify HR Solutions help. We're an outsourced human resource management organization with more than a century of combined experience helping people just like you. Click SimplifyHRSolutions.com to learn more. Looking for the most exclusive club downtown? The perfect place for your next dining experience event or work outing is the Omaha Press Club. With an amazing view of Omaha and featuring a certified executive chef and event coordinator, what are you waiting for? Click OmahaPressClub.com to learn more. You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to edbellisinc.com and request a free consultation. At E.D. Bellis, we know health care. Take control of your company's health care costs with self-funded plan administrators. If you're feeling the pain of Obamacare, we have innovative solutions for your organization. Click self-funded.com to learn more and sign up for our exclusive white paper to take control of your company's health care costs. Not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge, 402-342-1290 or 1-800-577-1290. That is the number if you would like to uh, talk with us at any time. We're talking about some of the political uh, implications coming here in the first 100 days of of the Trump administration. Got a, a very active Congress a lot of the heavy hitters were up on the hill this week. Man, I, I'm just so used to Congress not doing anything. I'm kind of uh, wondering. I, I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm just shocked. And I'm also surprised at their schedule. Five-day work weeks instead mm-hmm. of three. So, so maybe they uh, think that they uh, will get some things done. You'll get my predictions on what I think is going to happen with all of this uh, at the end of the show. And I'm usually right, so uh, you can check out healthreformexplained.com for some of the other predictions that, that we've we've done. 
breaking news this week, uh, North Carolina giving official notice that they will expand Medicaid, uh, something something that uh, came across the wires. And uh, we've got a new legislature uh, coming into place here in our in our neck of the woods. Wonder if that issue will will come up. We were talking about that a little bit last night. Yeah, I I, I would expect that. Uh, we'll, we'll see an attempt uh, at expand the Medicaid expansion again here in Nebraska, um, but it will be definitely interesting given given the fact that <clears throat> the uh, legislature uh, committees are very different now and if, especially if you look at the health and human services committee and the new membership i think it takes on a extremely conservative bend now and the fact that merv reapy is now the chairman of hhs committee uh merv is a senator based out of uh north central omaha mm-hmm. uh he used to be a ceo at uh, bergen mercy and so uh I think you'll see something try to come, but I don't know that it will even get out of committee this year. Wow, that could be really big. Yeah. You think about that, it doesn't even go to the floor. No, I, I and I think a lot of it is if you look at the ban- the makeup of the committees this year. I mean, the fact that you've got, you know, really the only true liberal on the Nebraska lit- in, in the HHS committee is Sarah Howard. And so... When you look at that committee from a makeup, I don't know that you're going to get something even out of committee now. So, well, that'll be interesting. <clears throat> keep your eyes awake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know that's an issue that's important for a lot of uh, a lot of folks. So, wanted to give you the latest uh, on that. Let's take a look at some of the numbers on uh, health healthcare.gov. Uh, seems like they're performing a lot better this year than they were past couple of years is that right yes um so uh as of december 31st 2016 they had uh 2017 exchange plan selection information for 8.8 million people um about 2.2 of mil- 2 million of the plan selectors were new to healthcare.gov this year uh others had healthcare coverage from the exchange uh, website in 2016 and are sticking with those issuers this year. So uh, we saw a 25% spike in insurance coverage this year through healthcare.gov. All right, how do we do here in our state? So in Nebraska, uh, you know, we're, we're relatively, you know, what, one, maybe 2% of that. We had about 85,000. That's one percent on average. Um, so one uh, percent, eighty-five thousand, two sixty-two signed up for coverage through healthcare.gov. Uh, and uh, one thing I did find interesting in the report, it said that uh, <coughs> uh, total plan selections as of December thirty-first, which included auto and Auto re-enrollment, meaning you did not have to go online and it just auto-enrolled for you, consisted of about 2.2 million customers and 6.6 million returning uh, consumers. Among the returning consumers, two-thirds or 4.4 million actively selected a plan, meaning they did not go through auto-enrollment, and 
so you had 4.4 million people actively looking for something new. So over 50%. You had 25% new customers and you had 25% who said, I'm satisfied, I'll just re-enroll. Now, make one caveat about this. These snapshots do not include plan selections from the 12 state-based markets uh, that use their own enrollment platforms. So states like Maryland or California are not in those numbers mm. because they use their own uh, platform because they're a state-based exchange. Sure. And again, that was a, another one of the problems with the rollouts was these states were supposed to set up this exchange that nobody even knew how to do. Right. Because so then they just said, fine, federal government, you figure it out. Well, because remember in Nebraska, for example, Governor Heineman said, well, this is going to be way too expensive for us to roll out because they were talking about $200 million to roll it out where it was going to be, you know, lumped in with all the rest of the states. So 38 states in this case. And so it should be, you know, much less. But in reality, when you look at, the healthcare.gov rollout. Let's remember the first week of healthcare.gov. This show had more callers that week than people, sign people up. signing up. We had, I believe, nine callers that, sh that week, and I think only eight people were able to sign up successfully on healthcare.gov. Mm -hmm. So where has it been? Where ha is it at now? Oh, it's much better on the website because they were able to do a whole lot of different things, you know, with scalability and actually use of technology companies rather than allowing the government to grow something in-house. Right. And we'll talk more about, you know, different types of technology, things that we're seeing in, in, the, in you know, either the next segment or the final segment. Yep, yep. So... So is there any improvements that you could see that you think that they could make or is it just kind of, I mean, is it kind of running like it's going to be like if they say they keep the laws is like, this is about, about how it's going to be. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how much more, you know, from a efficiency perspective they can make on the site. Um, a lot of the things that we've talked about, you know, scalability, efficiency, uh, you know, Security, especially because remember the problems with security uh, in the first version, you know, healthcare.gov 1.0, you know, there were security experts saying that there were lots of security flaws with the problem and that someone could just, you know, basically go into the source code of 1.0 and make changes and it would affect the site in general. And, you know, we've talked to Zeke Emanuel, we've talked with, uh, you know, the CMS administrators for uh, IT on those things. And they, they did admit there were security flaws. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, when you outsource to companies who actually know how to do things like this, uh, things, it, it definitely has gotten better. Does that mean that, you know, the total cost has been spent properly? No, I would say not. I would say that fact that we've spent over, I think the last number I heard, I think was $3 billion on the website. That is definitely not an effective use of taxpayer dollars and would make me very angry in how we've just thrown money away at 
this whole thing. I mean, it just goes in line with everything that we've talked about with the federal government and the way they just throw money at things and are willing to spend, you know, $5,000 on a toilet, $5,000 on a, a nut, and, you know, $5 billion on a website. Really? Yeah. I think Donald Trump even said, well, they spent so much money on this website, pff, I could get somebody to make it for, you know, what, $10,000? Yeah. I mean, Stanford... There were a couple, remember the two Stanford students who basically did this? It. Yeah. Who basically built their own site mm -hmm. for next to nothing? That did the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's government. Oh, there's just so much back end that all these different agencies have to talk to each other because mm -hmm. they're verifying income, um, citizenship status, uh, all kinds of things. Whether or not you got, I mean, this reporting thing for employers, which, by the way, is... Now, now is the time to be on top of that for 2015. If you haven't done it, uh, give me a call, 402-884-9020, or in particular for 2016, which the deadlines are, are now coming. And the IRS has just started to send out letters, actually in December. Uh, we've seen several of them. For these smaller ones that have to report and they submit via paper, uh, the IRS is making them send it back if uh, the form, one of their forms is printed in uh, portrait instead of landscape. They're, and uh, if uh, if certain little things don't work, they make are making people resubmit mm -hmm. uh, after completely fixing them. So this is what is what is coming. And uh, I just don't know how you undo a lot of this stuff. I just don't know. Well, and here's here's an interesting number. I just saw this. The number of new plan selectors, so new plan selectors being insurance companies that are on the exchange, it fell by 11%. That's a startling number because that's limit of choice. The numbers of plans? Number of plans fell by 11%. Yeah. And some places have like one choice. Yeah. Maybe zero. Yep. So... I think that's the biggest disappointment from all of this is the, the government was supposed to create a marketplace for people to buy insurance. That's why it's called the marketplace. And the marketplace that the government created is not functioning like a good marketplace should. Right. There's no choice. No. And, you know, just look at the states that are number one and number two in the number of healthcare.gov users, Florida and Texas. You know, two million people in Florida and just over a million in Texas. You know, they only have, I think, you know, on in some areas, one or two choices. That's not cho that's not real choice. That's choice driven to you by government. Be nice if they had ten choices. Yeah, one super cheap, one. Well, yeah, one. because then you're going to have competition, people competing for a customer. Yeah. Because a lot of people do make these decisions on choice. I don't know if that's a good idea, or not on choice, but on cost. Right. They make it on cost, and they give up choice of networks, for example, because they want a, a lower premium. Right. They give up choice on networks. They give up choice on uh, even services. What services are covered under what plan? So that's not real. That's 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 not real choice in my in the way I view. Limited choice. So, right. anyways, we're going to take a timeout here uh, on the show, 402-342-1290. If you'd like to get into the get into the dialogue with us here. And uh, when we come back, we're going to take a little bit 
further look at some of these data breaches that are going on. Something really, uh, really important to pay attention to. So we'll be right back. And I am sorry that they uh, you know, are finding themselves in this situation based on assurances they got from me. We've got to work hard to make sure that uh, they know uh, we hear them and that we're going to do everything we can uh, to deal with folks who find themselves uh, in a tough position as a consequence. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to edbellisinc.com and request a free consultation. At E.D. Bellis, we know health care. Take control of your company's health care costs with self-funded plan administrators. If you're feeling the pain of Obamacare, we have innovative solutions for your organization. Click self-funded.com to learn more and sign up for our exclusive white paper to take control of your company's health care costs. Hiring employees, complying with regulatory changes, and so on makes it hard to focus on running your business. Let Simplify HR Solutions help. We're an outsourced human resource management organization with more than a century of combined experience helping people just like you. Click SimplifyHRSolutions.com to learn more. Looking for the most exclusive club downtown? The perfect place for your next dining experience event or work outing is the Omaha Press Club with an amazing view of Omaha and featuring a certified executive chef and event coordinator. What are you waiting for? Click omahapressclub.com to learn more. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hey, welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge, 402-342-1290. If you'd like to join the conversation, talking about some of the changes that might be happening here in the first quarter of 2017 with healthcare and insurance. Alan, how's it going today? It's going great. Thanks for asking. Good to have you back. Oh, we're trying to stay warm here in the, <laughs> in the heartland. One of those difficult days. but uh, Oh, yeah got tom here on the program tom welcome to america's Healthcare challenge uh, what's going on today yeah uh well i called to ask i keep hearing i actually listen to you guys once in a while that's good and, uh, glad to know somebody's I listening hearing, i keep hearing the numbers battered around about eight million signing up or 10 million or whatever it turns out to be and that's a certain percentage but I, what i want to know is there, there are about 260 million people in the united states or maybe even more than that now uh what about the the other yeah two hundred million or two hundred fifty million? Uh, how do they fit in? In other words, what I'm saying is they already have insurance, or yeah. uh, or, or about a, the Affordable Care Act. First of all, was pushed through by the Democrats, and in my opinion, just Mr. America, it looked like uh, they were just doing it for uh, the unemployed and the illegal aliens that walked across the border. 
uh, and the rest of us were just there to fend for ourselves. Uh, I didn't want the government controlling anything, okay? Really, seriously. And, and the insurance companies were bad enough. But we didn't have to add the government in there on top of the insurance companies to make it a total mess, totally, total mess. Now, I don't know what the new Congress is going to do. And, frankly, if they do it right, you guys will be out of a out of business because they won't be asking any questions. Everybody will know what's going on. So, you know... All I'm saying is, what about the other 250 million people? That's a lot of people. Yeah. So, so do they all do they all have insurance? What's oh, the yeah. yeah. So Tom, I I did a little bit of research on this, uh, and uh, via the Kaiser Family Foundation uh, insurance coverage of the total population, and here's the breakdown for you. Okay. So uh, about 49 percent of Americans have coverage through their employer. Okay. Seven percent have what's called non-group insurance. 20% is Medicaid coverage. 14% is Medicare coverage. 2% is other public programs, so CHIP, chip, other type of state programs. Okay. 9% is uninsured. And so that gives you a total of 100%. So the the ACA was towards those 9%. We're worried about the 9% then, right? Correct. Correct. Okay, now, I mean, another question for you is, the government collects one heck of a lot of money, okay? And they always have. And before we ran this Affordable Care Act down Americans' throat, uh, couldn't they have taken some of that money and called all this 9% said, hey, you know what? We've got a very a brand new government program for you, Mr. 9%. And it would probably have probably have cost the whole United States of America maybe at the most a hundred million dollars a year. Okay, chump change for the Democrats. All right, why didn't we just do that? <laughs> well, I, I I I suppose I have my own <laughs> opinion on that, and that would be that they were angling more towards single payer. Um, yeah, well, of course they were. I, I know that. I, but uh, I would also I would also say, Tom, that uh, when you do look at that uh, number, that was in 2015 that we're talking about 9%. Right. Maybe when uh, we started talking about the Affordable Care Act in 2009, that number may, may in theory, have approached, what, 15 to 20% maybe? Oh, I agree with you 100% there. It's probably... It's probably twenty percent. Right, and so okay. uh, and that's only because mom and pop out there weren't making enough money to pay for this new program. Which really, since they started backstabbing all the insurance companies, uh, that that in the long run, that's going to be uh, you're talking a decade of recovery. Right, at least a decade. Yeah, and uh, I I really get upset. Uh, that they didn't plan this out. And I remember Nancy Pelosi saying, well, we have to pass it before we can read it. Now that, I almost felt like putting her on a firing squad and blowing her little brainless head off. Well, But, but you know what I mean? I, I just got frustrated and pissed off because the government shouldn't be hurting the people. It should be helping the people. Right, and now and, let's, let's go back to that comment yeah. that you just made about Nancy Pelosi saying we have to we pass-, have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Oh, thank you, Mr. Producer, for that. Um, yes, we did have to because, again, as I've stated 
hundreds of times on this show. Congress abdicated its authority on this legislation. And if you look in the legislation, over 1,700 different times they say, the Secretary of Health and Human Services shall have the right to whatever. Right. And so... Uh, one man or one woman run the entire program. Because think about it. When we talked about... When we talked about meaningful use, they 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 waited and waited and waited and made time and time again, change after change after change, and so we didn't really know what it was until the final rule came out. Made what was it three four years ago? Three years ago? Yeah, and they're still they're still changing it. Right, exactly. Yeah. So. And it's being changed by bureaucrats, not by the government. Right. Well, thank well, you for your call, Tom. Thanks for the call, Tom. And uh, appreciate it. Thank you for listening as well. 402-342-1290 if you want to try and squeeze in a call. But um, you're going to want to stay tuned because I'm going to give you my predictions about what what's actually going to happen in the first 100 days. I, I think I know what's going to happen. I think uh, it's uh, it's kind of been a revolving circle. My friend Jen Haberkorn, who covers healthcare for Politico, said that uh, she posted a story from 2012 that she's basically writing the same thing. So right can now. I go to Vegas and put try and get this on the I book? I wish we could. I wish we could. <laughs> I know some people that bet on Trump to win the presidency and made like $1,000. So maybe I should start betting that. I know I'm pretty good at that. So uh, check it out. And check out healthreformexplained.com again for all, all of our stories. And you can find out about our exclusive newsletter there. Uh, I just wrote it. It's really good. And it gives you a good understanding about what's going on right now. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sean McGuire, and I founded Edie Bellis to help your business make sure it doesn't get caught in a bureaucratic trap coming out of Washington. I was there on Capitol Hill working for the Senate Finance Committee when the Affordable Care Act, commonly referred to as Obamacare, was created, and I have read the entire bill. Let Edie Bellis guide you through the maze of the American bureaucracy as you adapt to changing rules and regulations that will affect your organization regardless of size. Our team has been specializing in the Affordable Care Act and consulting since it began. We offer custom consultations, seminars for you and your employees, and can help your company prepare these necessary IRS forms that leave a penalty of $500 for noncompliance. We also offer advice on employee benefits and can help you find the latest technology solutions to help automate your business. For more information, check out edbellisinc.com or give us a call at 402-884-9020. At edbellisinc.com, you can sign up for our exclusive newsletter to stay on top of the latest coming from Obamacare. Marketplace Nebraska is a full-service resource for anyone who needs help with their individual and business health insurance needs. If you got a tax bill from the IRS for not purchasing health insurance, let us help you. With more than 1,000 people helped into Obamacare so far, we can get you signed up fast and over the phone. Depending on your age and income, policies can be as low as $20 a month. Click MarketplaceNebraska.com to learn more and sign up today. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Just enough time for some predictions. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. I'm about to give mine, but do you have any that you want to throw in there? Well, I think that uh, we're going to see a very contentious 
a nomination process for uh, Secretary Tom Price. And so uh, I think it's going to be tough sledding, but at the end I think he gets about 60. It'll be about 65-35. Okay, and that's so. going to have a major impact on on what is going to happen. My prediction, folks, is that there will be a grand bargain on health care. Remember Trump's first book, The Art of the Deal? I'm calling it right now. He's going to go down to the Capitol, sit in the president's room, which is outside of the United States Senate, and uh, cut some grandiose deal and be remembered for, uh, you know, making the deal to, uh, you know, fix health care, and it'll be called Trump Care now. Well, remember, the whole concept of the art of deal is to start off on either extreme and say something big and boisterous, right? And then you start working from that position towards the middle and you get your you get your bargain. And so I would agree with you on that. So uh, I think the consensus here is grand bargain happens on the Trump care or the Obama care, whatever you want to call Congress care. Something's going to happen because Rand Paul said that he believes there should be a replacement on the same day that they repeal it. President Trump just came out recently and said that. So there's going to be some sort of grand deal. And, yes. uh, and uh, I just know it's going to happen. And I know that uh, his personality lends itself to wanting to, to, to be somebody that, that does that. Well, I would tell you that if you have any, if you want to know where he stands on issues, read Art of the Deal, because I think that gives a great insight into where he's going with things and so if you understand that whole book you read it you get a really good glimpse into his thinking and how he's going to run the the, the, the government right right and i think it's uh it's going to be run more like a business like a lot of people had thought but i think people wanted that for a long time people want have wanted that for 30 years yeah so we'll see what happens always something to talk about here at america's Healthcare challenge thank you for taking the time to, to listen. Hey, thanks, Tom, for the call and for listening. We appreciate it. Nice to know people out there checking us out. And if you want to learn more, uh, we've got a SoundCloud page. It has all these shows. It's called SoundCloud.com. And search E.D. Bellis, and you'll find all of this show and others. Uh, we've got over 600 ones. And we've got some uh, greatest, play, greatest hits playlists and all of the good things for you to get you through the week. We'll see you next time. Since 1925. This is News Talk 1290, KOIL. Omaha.